Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three. Two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power and a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super-duper successful. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, The capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is a skill. The willingness to learn is a choice. And that's from Brian Herbert. The title of today's show is The Best Advice I Ever Got. 15 entrepreneurs share the best advice that they've ever received. I want to thank everyone for listening. want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com, or you can find me in iTunes in the podcast section. Just do a search for Coach Mark or Power in a Half Hour, Okay. For all my listeners in the United States, I have a daily message service that sends out an inspirational, motivational message every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. To get those messages for free, all you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. And if you have not downloaded my book, you can download it for free at www.repeataftermebook.com. Well, we have an absolutely amazing show. We're going to get some great advice today. So let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Josh Huckschooler. Now, Josh's father joined the Air Force during the Vietnam War and was stationed in Texas where Josh was born. His mother was a homemaker. After his time in the military, Josh's father started his practice as a spine surgeon in Dallas where Josh grew up. Now, when Josh's dad was a young man, he traveled to Yugoslavia as a part of a program called the Experiment in International Living. So when Josh was 14, his dad encouraged him to join the same program. That is so great. It's so important for our young people to get out there and experience the world at a very, very young age. It will completely change their perspective. Now, Josh ended up going to Japan where he lived with a family for a summer. After that experience, Josh loved traveling and visiting other countries. In 1991, at the age of 18, Josh went to Boston University to study business administration and finance. Now, Josh would work as a waiter, busboy, and bartender during the school year and save his money. During the summer, he would travel throughout Europe. Now, after he graduated college in 1995, Josh traveled through several countries in Central and South America with a friend. While on his trip, Josh fell in love with Argentina. He loved the people, the architecture, the food, their love of sports, and of course, the nightlife. He then decided that Argentina is where he wanted to live, 
even though he didn't have a job and he didn't speak any Spanish. Now, Josh then took his old Jeep Cherokee and some furniture that he had and sold it all. With $3,000 in savings, he took two suitcases of clothing and bought a one-way ticket to Argentina. Josh landed in Argentina in January of 1996, and he knew no one there. Soon after arriving, he met a taxi driver who knew someone that had an apartment that needed to be renovated, so Josh was able to move in immediately in exchange for a couple months' rent. Josh soon found a job teaching English at a language school. He would teach in the mornings, and in the afternoon, he would go to the financial district and knock on doors looking for a job. Eventually, he got lucky and found a job as one of the persons that he approached took a chance on him as he had done what Josh had done and traveled and lived in another country when he was younger. Josh went and worked at the Bank of Boston's Buenos Aires branch as a strategic planning analyst for two years. Then he became the strategic sourcing manager. While Josh was in Argentina, he fell in love with the taste the texture, and the consistency of gelato. The Argentinians would hang out at the gelato and pastry shops and talk about the gelato that they were eating. More than 50% of Argentina's population has Italian roots and gelato is an Italian ice cream. After five years in Argentina, Josh decided that he wanted to be closer to his family so he was able to get a transfer back to Boston. Before he went back to the U.S., he traveled in Asia for a few months. Now, while he was gone, he found out that his company was eliminating the job that he was going back to. Josh decided that this was the perfect time to start his own business with something that he loved from Buenos Aires. This would be gelato. He started approaching the famous ice cream parlors in Argentina and one agreed to work with him. He then went back to Argentina for three months to apprentice with a family that had been in the business for several generations. In February of 2002, Josh put together a business plan and approached 108 family members, friends, and friends of friends for funding. He got 19 of them to agree, and he was able to raise $600,000. Now, the family that taught him invested $15,000 and came to Dallas and brought a manager for the store. Josh named the store Talente after Bernardo Buentalente, the inventor of gelato. Josh began construction on his store, but soon ran out of money as they ended up going 10 to 15% over budget. He wasn't able to pay everyone that helped build his store, which was a violation of his lease, but fortunately, his landlord still allowed him to open up. When Josh started, he didn't have enough to make payroll, so he had to ask his employees to give him a week to find the money. At that moment, he thought that his dream was over. After his first year, the store's revenue was $275,000, which was half of what he expected. The store remained open for two more years, operating at a loss each of those years. Now, during the second year, Josh began to sell the product to restaurants and supermarkets. His Argentinian partners didn't agree with the direction that he was taking the company, so he ended up buying them out. Josh ended up 
closing the store and he found a small industrial space where he could make the gelato to service the supermarkets and restaurants. He pivoted the business. At this point, he was over $100,000 in debt and he had to let all of his employees go except one. Now, the two of them, Josh and the employee that he kept on, would make the gelato and Josh would do all of the sales and deliveries. Fortunately, he was able to raise some more money from his original investors and got about a dozen or so credit cards and maxed out their credit lines. Again, Josh sold his car and furniture to continue to keep the business going forward. So many people would have quit by now. So many people would have quit. But Josh decided that he was going to keep going. The next year, in 2006, they did $429,000 in sales, and Costco, Texas, started carrying their gelato. Then they got into Whole Foods and the local Kroger and Safeway stores, but they were still struggling to keep afloat. Then one of the stores that bought from him placed a massive order, sold it at half price, then went out of business. Again, he couldn't make payroll and he had to ask his employees to give him time to find the money. Again, he thought it was all over. He was able to get a personal loan for $25,000 that allowed him to stabilize the company. What Josh didn't realize was that by then, getting into Costco's earlier, his brand got increased visibility, which allowed it to take off. The next year, in 2007, they did $1.2 million in sales. He knew that in order to keep the company going, he would have to bring in a partner. So fortunately, he was able to connect with the guys who founded Belvedere and Chopin Vodka. They bought out the original investors and provided the company with funding so they would be able to continue to grow. The company soared after that. In 2009, they did $6.8 million in sales. In 2011, the company did $26.7 million, and in 2013, they did $95 million. Remember, just a few years earlier, he had to sell all his furniture. He had to sell his Jeep Cherokee just to keep the company going. He had to get rid of all his employees. Now they're doing $95 million in sales. Sales only continued to grow. In 2014, they did over $175 million, and in 2015, sales ballooned to $245 million. Now, at the end of 2014, one of the biggest food distributors in the world, Unilever, ended up buying Talente from Josh and his partners for an undisclosed amount of money. You best believe it was millions and millions and millions and tens of millions, maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars. Let's now take a look at some advice that Josh shares with us on how to get through the tough times. Number one, Josh says that he derives a great deal of comfort from his faith. He believes things happen for a reason, and he says to look for a lesson or silver lining when confronting hardships. Number two, Josh uses humor as a relief valve. When he's facing adversity, he will often say, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Which is a line from the movie Animal House, saying it always puts a smile on his face. Number three, Josh says that a good friend sent him a framed quote of Teddy Roosevelt's The Man in the Arena speech. The quote says, it's not the critic that counts, but the man who actually does strive to do the deeds. He keeps his quote in his office. His friend wrote next to the quote, 
you are in the arena. Josh says that he reads it whenever he feels overwhelmed or daunted. Now, over the past three years, we've studied some of, if not all of the most successful entrepreneurs. As we know, they all haven't started with a bunch of money. They all haven't started with all the opportunities, and they all definitely haven't made all the right choices. One of the common traits that most of them share is the ability to listen to and implement good advice. This week, we will study some very successful entrepreneurs and the best advice that they received that has been the most influential to them. Number one, Scott Adams, the creator of the Dilbert comic strip, says that the best advice that he ever got was from a professional cartoonist named Jack Cassidy. Scott wrote to him and Jack gave him this advice. It's a competitive business, but don't give up. Scott said that even though that advice isn't that profound, because we hear it all the time, he still put some comics together and sent them to the New Yorker and Playboy magazines, but they got rejected. So he said, oh, well, I tried. Now, how many of us have done that? People say don't give up, and then we kind of give a half effort, and we say, well, we tried. Time to give up now because we tried. Well, Scott did exactly that. So he said, Oh, well, I tried. A year later, he got a second letter from Jack Cassidy. He had been cleaning his office and came across his original samples. He said he was just writing to Scott to make sure that he hadn't given up. And Scott had. So Scott took out his art supplies and decided to try again. Good thing that Jack sent him that second letter. Scott said he had to do one more thing for luck to find him. As it turns out, a woman who had a husband that did the same kind of work and looked just like his character, Dilbert, ended up giving him a chance. Scott said it required that one extra attempt, and that wouldn't have happened if he didn't use the advice of not to give up. So as simple as that advice seemed not to give up, if that cartoonist, Jack Cassidy, hadn't sent him one more letter saying, hey, I hope you didn't give up we probably would never have seen Dilbert. Number two, Sarah Rutman, founder of advertising agency Modco, which has clients such as Vera Wang, True Religion, and Tony Burt said that she was speaking about her business to her accountant. They were discussing her business plan and how much money she should borrow to launch her company. Her accountant told her, only have enough cash on hand to barely survive. Never so much that you are comfortable. It's important to stay scared in the beginning. Sarah describes this feeling as staying hungry rather than scared. She says that she found this hunger to be an incredibly important motivator during her entire career. She says that being comfortable is the enemy. Staying hungry forces you to push yourself to continue to survive, grow, and evolve. Number three. Mark Cuban, Shark Tank investor and the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, says that the best advice that he ever got was to do the work. Outwork, outthink, outsell your expectations. There are no shortcuts. This advice came from his father. Number four, Chip Wilson, founder of Lululemon, which is a high-end athletic apparel retailer, says that the best advice that he has ever gotten was to ask for help and that he doesn't know it all. Chip says that it took him a long time to understand it, but people love to help. 
He said that he first got this insight at Landmark Forum, a weekend workshop that he attended in 1991. He says that learning how to trust others and share control turned out to be critical to the success of Lululemon. Number five, entrepreneur, author, top podcaster, and human guinea pig, Tim Ferriss says that the best advice that he ever got was that you're the average of the five people you associate with the most. Tim says that he got this advice from a wrestling coach when he was in high school, and he's never forgotten it. Tim says that he uses this advice always, whether it's choosing startups to invest in, choosing investors, sports team to join, or people to have dinner with. For those of you that may not be familiar with Tim, he has been one of the most influential mentors in my own personal life. His first book, 4-Hour Workweek, is one of the first, if not the first, personal development book that completely changed my life. If you haven't read that book, go out and get it. It's called The 4-Hour Workweek. If you have any desire to live a life where you're not working nine to five constantly until you're 65 or 70 years old, this is the book that you want to get. That book showed me that it was possible for me to live the life that I am living today. Before that book, I didn't think it was possible, but I read that book and started implementing the strategies that were in that book and it completely changed my life. All right. He also has a podcast that is one of the top podcasts in the world. Now, I probably listened to over 100 episodes of that podcast so far this year. Number six, David Lai, CEO of Hello Design, says that when he was growing up, his father would always tell him that we all have only 24 hours in a day. It's what we choose to do with that time that defines us. It's the one thing you can never get back. Number seven, real estate mogul and Shark Tank investor Barbara Corsoran said that the best advice that she ever got was an insult. It was from her boyfriend and partner in her first business. He told her that she would never succeed without him. Barbara says that although this advice injured her, she thanks God that he insulted her because she wouldn't have built a big business without it. It kept her trying everything because she couldn't give him the satisfaction of seeing her fail. Number eight, Shafquat Islam, CEO of NewsCred, says that multiple people have told him this so he can't credit it to a single person. He says the advice is that if you're not getting told no enough times a day, you're probably not doing it right or you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. Shafquat says that he thinks that this is good advice for anybody building a company because you hear no so many times. He says that he thinks that this is normal and that it is a good thing. If you're doing something that's disruptive, that's groundbreaking, then there's going to be naysayers. Number nine. Dane Atkinson, CEO of Sumall, which is a cross-platform marketing analytics company, says that one thing that he has slowly come to realize is that focus is so critically important. Dane says that saying no to great ideas is necessary to get to the brilliant ones. At every step along the way, you have to cut towards one path. It's such a hard thing to do as an entrepreneur because you don't really have the confidence in where you're going yourself. Number 10, Kevin Harrington, the inventor of the infomercial and pioneer of the as-seen-on-TV industry and original shark on Shark Tank, says that his father was his first and best mentor. 
His father taught him to analyze his day on a dollar a minute basis. Every Sunday, Kevin examines the week ahead. He evaluates where to dedicate his time before moving things around. He asks, how long will this take? What's the upside? And what's the opportunity cost? Number 11, Tom Ferry, founder and CEO of Tom Ferry International, ranked the number one real estate coach by Swain Pole Power 200, which ranks real estate's top leaders and New York Times bestselling author of Life by Design, says that he met his mentor, Bill Mitchell, at the age of 20 years old. He asked him, about his goals, and Tom replied to earn $250,000 in commissions. Bill laughed and said, don't focus on making money for at least another 10 years. Tom says that this seemed crazy because Bill was widely successful, so he asked, why not? He explained that if you chase money, you'll always just chase money and rarely be happy. Instead, become more valuable than anyone deliver more service, help everyone achieve goals, and become the best. And guess what will happen? Buckets of money will be given to you. Your income always correlates to the value you bring to the market. Number 12, Michael Ovid, founder of Swap Protocol, says that the best advice that he ever got was from Vinny Viola, a man who beat the odds by becoming a self-made billionaire after growing up on the streets of Brooklyn and whose father was a truck driver. The advice was that three things brings great people down, fear, greed, and ego. If you look back at the downfall of any leader throughout history, you'll find they exhibited at least one of these traits, if not all of them. Number 13, Brian Lockett, former NFL player and senior partner of M2 Jets, says that his closest mentor gave him this advice early in his career. Most people wake up reactively, adhering to the world's needs, not their own. In a world of unlimited communication, people don't disconnect from society to analyze their lives. Brett says that the first two hours of your day should be spent aligning your short-term efforts with your long-term goals. He says that he wakes up during the week at 3.30 a.m., taking time to meditate and to read for 20 minutes. Then he spends an hour doing an intensive workout like circuit training or hiking. The last two hours of your day dictates your energy for the next day. He spends an hour studying or learning a new skill and that last hour planning his next day. Learn to work harder on yourself than your job. Number 14, Sam Altman, the president of Y Combinator, which is the world's most powerful startup incubator, according to Fast Company, says that there are a few people who will change your life forever. Find those people. He said he doesn't remember who gave him this advice, but it's something similar to a piece of advice his dad shared with him when he was much younger and it stuck with him. I love this one. Find those people. There's only a few people in this world that will change your life and find those people. And number 15, Allison Dunn, the president and CEO of Deliberate Directions, says that a mentor once shared this powerful piece of advice with her. The only person in your whole life you get to choose is your spouse. Everyone else is given to you. Parents, siblings, schoolmates, co-workers, neighbors, even your children. So choose 
wisely. I love this. Oh, my God. This is so good. Whether you're single, married, or divorced, now is the time to work on who you need to be to attract, evolve, or improve the relationship with your current or future soulmate. It's a choice, so choose wisely. I got to repeat this one. Number 15, Allison Dunn, the president and CEO of Deliberate Directions, says that a mentor once shared this powerful piece of advice with her. The only person in your whole life you get to choose is your spouse. Everyone else is given to you. Your parents, your siblings, your schoolmates, your co-workers, your neighbors, even your children. You don't even get to choose your children. They are given to you. So choose wisely. Whether you're single, married, or divorced, now is the time to work on who you need to be to attract, evolve, or improve the relationship with your current or future soulmate. It's a choice, so make sure you choose wisely, all right? All right, well, that's all that we have for today's show. Want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com. All right. You can also find me in iTunes in the podcast section. Just do a search for Coach Mark or Power in a Half Hour. Now, I know you got three friends that could have benefited from what we talked about today. Make sure you share this with them. Tell them about the radio station that you're listening to the show on, or they can go to my website or find me in iTunes. All right. Make sure you share it with your friends now. And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is Many receive advice, only the wise profit from it and that's from harper lee thank you much and until next show thanks for listening to power in a half hour with coach mark to listen or re-listen go to power in a half follow coach mark on instagram and twitter at coach mark speaks find coach mark on facebook by searching for mark star like our facebook fan page power in a half hour and join our power in a half hour facebook group see you next week It's not that unusual When everything is beautiful It's just another ordinary miracle today The sky knows when it's time to snow Don't need to teach a seed to grow It's just another ordinary Give they say Wrapped up for you every day Open up and find a way Give some of your own Isn't it remarkable Like every time a raindrop falls It's just another Please don't throw your dreams away
Things just work out after all. It's just another ordinary miracle today. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright, blessed day, the dark, sacred night. And I think to myself. What a wonderful world! The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.